0: What in the world is going on in Alabama? Well, we have a previously deported illegal alien chopping up and dismembering bodies and kidnapping little girls and doing God knows what to them. Uh, This girl chews through her restraints to escape where she was found and all of this was discovered. Thankfully, 1819 News reporter Craig Monger uh, was on the scene uh, to, to update the people of Alabama. And beyond that, if that wasn't crazy enough, we have the FBI raiding the the residence of a former president, President of the United States Donald J. Trump, uh, to look for a piece of paper. 100 FBI agents for a piece of paper, and if that wasn't enough, 87,000 IRS agents are going to be hired to uh, to do some accounting. I'm sure that's what it is, or, or maybe it might look a little bit like the FBI raiding the president's house. So maybe maybe that's what the intention of the 87,000 IRS agents are. Either way, doesn't look good. Stay tuned. You're not going to miss out. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Dawson, host of the podcast, CEO of 1819 News, joined by a very special guest co host today, uh, Miss Amy Beth Shaver of Alabama Unfiltered and also, you know, wide Alabama fame and all of those things. So, Amy Beth, thanks so much for joining us.
1: I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks for letting me in.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I feel bad because I was on y'all's podcast last week and you weren't there. And so this is just kind of like balancing everything out. I feel like it is. Like, I yeah. feel like it
1: was the right thing to do. Yes. So absolutely. thank you. It's, yeah, it's fair. We're all
0: about justice and equity. Sure. Here. Oh, that is Just our, not justice, like, equity, and inclusion, right. which is different than actual justice <laughs> and right. equity. Anywho. So uh, today we've got a great episode. We're going to be diving into the fact that we have previously deported illegal immigrants chopping people up and dismembering them. Uh, and disposing of their bodies and kidnapping 13-year-old girls and tying them to the bed. And the girl had to chew through the restraints in order to escape and all this other stuff. And this is going on right here in Alabama. The fact that this person was previously deported, we're going to dive into that. Um, We're also going to be talking about the fact that um, Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump, former President Trump or President Trump, uh, and his residence being raided by hundreds of FBI agents, uh over a, supposedly a piece of paper. Yes. So we'll be digging into that. And if we have time, jumping into some uh some other things that are going on in Alabama for this kind of an Alabama news roundup. So before we jump in, uh make sure you guys go to um eighteen nineteen news dot com, subscribe to the newsletter uh there. We'll be sending that out actually instead of seven forty five. It's coming out at five thirty in the mornings we found that to actually be uh serving our audience even better. Uh, We have more engagement there, and we would had that request. So uh, we're doing that. And then go uh, to all the places where podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, like there, uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, leave a five-star review, tell everyone how much you love the podcast because we know you do. Podcast is a word-of-mouth growth media form. Um, You can dump marketing dollars and everything in a podcast. It just doesn't work as well as someone be like, did you listen to this podcast? You Absolutely. need to listen to this podcast. And then all of a sudden it goes, it goes wild. And so uh, you guys did one with Greg Phillips that, you know, it started out with like a couple people and then all of a sudden there was like 10,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and that was word of mouth. We didn't market it. We didn't do anything. It was just an excellent episode. People talked about it. Uh, the one we did last week with Curtis Bauer really exploded. And then um, I shared my story on Alabama unfiltered last okay. week and that one exploded. So you guys are getting it. You're you're, you're telling your friends. Uh, and that is the biggest thing you guys can do for us. People always ask, "What can we do for eighteen nineteen news?" We love what you do. Um, right now, it's it's just get the word out. Tell your friends. So, after all that shameless self promotion, we'll jump into the content for you guys. So, as I alluded to, um, the the first thing we're going to start out with is something is probably one of the most heinous things I've heard or seen, and I've seen some heinous things and. Uh, my life with some of the things that I've been through and poor decisions I've made in my past, uh, I've come face-to-face with some nefarious people and, and bad things. And this uh, this definitely outdoes anything that I've um, seen, been around, heard of. Uh, and it happened in, in uh, not Tuscaloosa County, Tallapoosa County. Tallapoosa County. You got to get them all right. Tallapoosa, Tuscaloosa, Coligia, I mean <laughs> an, Anyway, I'm, st- <laughs> I'm <laughs> Alabama County you know names and city. Yeah, <laughs> and only because of Hank Williams, because it's a country music song, Collijah. Anyway. Okay. So um, but there was a previously deported illegal alien who was here, who uh, we don't know all the details of what the relationship was. Uh, It may have been his girlfriend. It may have been domestic violence. Don't know exactly. Um, But he killed uh, a young boy, killed the mom, uh, chopped them up into pieces. uh, And I'm not even going to go into it. We've actually got the reporter that broke the story who's going to be coming on and joining us to to talk about um, everything that happens so we get the facts and then we can actually share our opinions on what the facts are. Mm -hmm. So we've got joining us right now of 1819 News fame and lore, uh, our reporter, Craig Monger. Craig, can you hear us? I can indeed. How are y'all doing? Tremendous, Craig. Tremendous. Wonderful. Wonderful. (laughs) So, um, Craig, tell us, you were obviously uh, first person on the scene Uh, One of the few people that even, you know, knew that this was going on uh, asked some incredible questions um, to uh, the people that were there. Talk to us about kind of how this all came to be and kind of the progression. We did three stories on it, kind of first breaking the story. Um, Then there was a second story. And then the third one is where you got um, the sheriff there to actually admit to to him being previously deported, illegal alien. I think you kind of knew because there was Homeland security vehicles and some of the documentation with social security numbers or lack thereof. Just kind of walk us through uh, how this whole thing came about. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, so I, I woke up to reports that there they were uh, authorities were investigating a kidnapping in the area and in the area of Dadeville in Telefoosa County. Um, <clears throat> read the story of this 12 year old girl who was found wandering the street. And then it said that the uh, a suspect had been arrested by marshals in Auburn. Uh, which sort of set my antennas up because marshals have a very specific modus operandi in what they do. And then uh, there was talk of the various uh, state and federal uh, law enforcement agencies that were actually on the scene. And they they're not there for a kidnapping. There's there's things that happen for kidnappings and there's things that happen for for when other stuff is going on. So, Tallapoosa is about a or Dadeville is about an hour and a half drive from where I am. So I hopped in the car, drove down there for, uh, uh, drove past the crime scene uh, to take a look, and then I went to the sheriff's office uh, where they had a press conference. At this point, everyone was just sort of assuming it was a kidnapping because that's what was being told, and they revealed that they had found two uh, decomposing bodies while they were searching this residence. And the only reason that they were in that residence is because, uh, this 12 year old girl who was being uh, restrained for a week is still the number that they're, they're giving. Um, she was being restrained and she was able to chew through her restraints using her braces as sort of a, an apparatus to do that. And, you know, she had been restrained for a week and drugged, um, with alcohol to keep her in a, uh, you know, sedative state. And so she was able to get free. um, And she was ended up walking down County road 34 and a random motorist who had, they haven't identified just sort of stopped and then called the police. And that was the first interaction that police had had with her. They had, nobody was looking for her as far as, as far as they were concerned, nothing was wrong. And then whenever they lead her back to the residence, which is a trailer, it was, elevated on i couldn't tell when i when i went by there i could only get so close so i couldn't tell if it was elevated on some sort of stilts or cinder blocks but you could see where um they had torn out the bottom of this trailer and uh according to reports they found two decomposing bodies that were separated at every joint um there's been unsubstantiated reports at this point um that they were encased in concrete um that the uh that some of the, uh, mother's body was found encased in concrete in a suitcase. Yeah. That's like I said, those are un- unsubstantiated at this point, but, uh, it's, it, it was pretty horrific, needless to say.
0: Yeah. And so talk to us about how you found out that he was, he was a previously deported illegal immigrant. So, you know, how come we don't know this isn't just, you know, Jose that's here legally and he just likes killing people and chopping them up. Like how, how did you kind of get on that trail? And then how did you get the sheriff to finally say it?
2: Yeah. Well, at the original press conference, I was the only one that asked that question. I don't know if I was the only one that wondered or if it just didn't occur to anyone else. But whenever I was looking, anytime there's a crime committed by anyone that I'm covering, I immediately, um, use various softwares and, and find their criminal history. And, um, he didn't have any criminal history in the state, which is, you know, sort of, you know, no tickets. I can see tickets. I can see, you know, parking tickets, whatever. He didn't have anything. The only charge that he had was the kidnapping charge that they had put on him that morning. And when I looked through the information and his um, his arrest information when they processed him into the jail, there was no Alabama identification number given. There was no driver's license um, given. And there was a – there's a – there's a last four of a social that they'll use. That's generic whenever they don't have a social for the person. Like a Hollywood five, so five, five combined, phone number.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Something <laughs> like that. And that combined with the fact that, um, that he had a Hispanic name, it just, it just, uh, again, sent my antennas off was, and I asked the question. Was the department of Homeland
0: security there. I mean, we're talking marshals, we're talking Homeland security. Um, was any of that kind of factored into your assumption?
2: Yes, yeah. The fact that when I got there, when they opened the when they opened the press conference, I always give kudos to everyone there, and they thanked the FBI, the mm-hmm. DHR, um, SBI, the Marshals, and then they said the Department of Homeland Security, and so that sort of confirmed it for me. Because I, when I asked him at the original press press conference, he said, he said, "Oh, you know, uh, Homeland Security is still working on on figuring out whether he's a documented resident," and I'm like, "Well." To me, it seems like that would be something resembling a Google search for you guys. So if you haven't found out after 24 hours, then pretty much that confirms it.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know why they're so hesitant to come out with that information. It obviously reflects poorly uh, on certain people. And, and so, um, well, Craig, thank you so much for that report. Uh, don't go away uh, just yet. We'll bring you back on um, to talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that's going on with President Trump. Um, so thank you for giving us that information, but so Amy Beth, I'm hearing this. And so previously deported, but, um, something that just kind of sticks out like, like crazy to me two weeks ago or a week ago, Dylan Smith at Yellowhammer news broke a story about, um, illegals being flown in from El Paso, uh, Texas mm-hmm. airport into the Montgomery airport. And then also into the Tuscaloosa airport, by the cover of night that we're, we're flying illegals into our state. And then two weeks after that, we have a previously deported illegal alien chopping people into pieces and tying up 12 or 13 year old girls or however old she was. Um, You know, I mean, what, what does that do in your head when you hear that?
1: Well, I, I, number one, it makes you sick. Um, Number two, you also hear that these aliens are being flown into Montgomery and Tuscaloosa and ending up at properties, right off of Acton Road yeah. near the interstate. Um, people have taken pictures of that as well. Uh, our unwillingness to tell the truth about this is dangerous for all the citizens of Alabama. Yeah, um, And it's also as a father of daughters and a yeah. mother of girls, it's terrifying for parents with young girls because it also feels like human trafficking. Why yeah. was she restrained? You know, having quote a father association coming into this country doesn't mean anything because we don't know who's associated with whom yeah and so that's the other thing that sends alarms off to me is was this another example of human trafficking yeah. in our state I don't know
0: and um, I mean it's crazy I and mean, there's a number of things it could be I've, I've got a friend that's really familiar with a lot of cartel activities and things like that that I reached out to when this happened. Talked to him and he said, you know, potentially two things based off of his experience. It was one of two things. It was either domestic violence, but I mean, that would probably be the most egregious, extreme domestic violence anyone's ever seen. Um, or it was uh, cartel activity where this person, you know, owed or disrespected or told on or something where this person had an issue wow. with the cartel. And then this is how they would have dealt with it again. We don't know. We're not confirming any East cartel. We don't know that. But anyone you see that can 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 chop up a human being's body joint by joint and then pack it into a small area. And, you know, that, that is not normal, um, criminal activity. That is not normal, brutal behavior. And so, um, that level of, of depravity and almost professional, um, you know, getting rid of bodies that, you know, that leads me to be suspicious of, again, I'm not saying it is, but I would be suspicious of the fact that this person is related to cartels. And so when you look at that, um, <clears throat> there, there was a time when when this this type of violence, um, you know, even go back 10 years, 15 years, I'd say like 15 years, um, you would hear stories of this very, very rarely. It wasn't commonplace, and it would be in like, you know, um, border towns in Arizona and Texas or California, you would hear an occasional story of this type right. of violence and you're like, man, that's crazy. Well, it's on the border. You know, I guess that makes sense. Well, as this border crisis has, has really grown into what it has, that type of behavior, the the drug dealing, the gang activity, the cartels, the the, the brutal violence is, is now no longer just hanging out at the border. It's now, and it, I mean, it certainly doesn't help that we're flying these people all over the country and, and right. delivering them. and, I want to be clear. There's, there's no doubt there's good, there's people who are seeking asylum or seeking a better life for their family that are good, hardworking, decent people. There's no doubt. And, 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 but the challenge with that is, is you don't know who any of these people are. Right. And if they're, if they're coming into our country and they're coming in illegally and they're coming in by the cover of the night, there's going to be people who take advantage of that, that have bad, bad plans for our country, for our people, for the safety of our citizens, uh, coming in in that same cover that we're giving these people to just pour over our border.
1: Absolutely. And I think that alone, when we vote in November, is what should drive even the most eh, people about immigration straight to the voting booth to vote for the people who will protect our boundaries. Um, I do think it's interesting. And I wondered what you thought about Muriel Bowser in uh, the mayor of D.C. complaining that so many illegal aliens have been tricked into boarding buses and ending up in her city and now she's complaining about the homeless crisis there ironic isn't it
0: the 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 level of irony is you know unparalleled in that situation because again it's the it, these are the people who are wanting to bring these people in by the bus load by the boatload by the plane load um and then they just don't want them in their cities and it's why it's so funny when you have like a Iran DeSantis when they, they started doing that in Florida and he took them all and put them on a jet and then flew them to Delaware, which is where right. president Biden is from, um, as kind of, um, you know, just the ultimate, um, troll, right. uh, of the president. And so, um, love that, but you know, and, and, and then it brings attention to what's going on and what what's frustrating is that, you know, this is our government. This is, we have a representative Republic, And so we, the people see this, we get frustrated. We raise our voices. We talk to our representatives. They pretend like they're going to do something. They do nothing. And then, you know, it just continues to get worse and worse and worse. And then it gets to the point where, you know, we have the, the situation that we're discussing right now.
1: Do you think that anything will actually get done with the border wall that Biden supposedly has quietly begun to fund?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. And, um, because again, and, and this is the lens that I'm always looking through. We had Curtis Bowers on last week to talk about what is essentially the, um, you know, global co- communism agenda, the World Economic Forum ushering in the Great Reset, but it's all communism that is, you know, the, the long march through the institutions, yes. communism moving west, and ultimately, um, you know, getting everyone to bow the knee to communism by taking over our institutions, our political institutions. Uh, which we'll be talking about in a little bit, weaponizing our agencies and all these other things. So that's the goal. And one of the biggest goals in that is to bring in illegal immigrants and have them pour across the border and not to come over to be Americans, right, Right. not to come over here uh, the correct way, to file, to do it the right way, uh, to go through like a, um, what do they call that when uh, a naturalization ceremony where they go, You know they're pledging themselves to you know not necessarily renounce their former country, but to completely embrace their new one. Um, And um, you know there's a saying I think it was uh, Bobby Jindal, uh, the former governor of Louisiana, uh, who said um, immigration without assimilation is nothing but invasion. Mm -hmm. And so we are allowing an invasion to happen. Yeah, some of these people are coming over for a better life, but some of these people are coming over here because they they don't want good for our country. And so, you know, we're we're letting them pour over. We're, you know, and and what that's doing is weakening America as the superpower. And that's just one of the strategies amongst amongst many others that we talked about last week. So um how that answers your question though. Um it it, it would be weird to me for Biden to build a wall because that would, you know, or maybe it's like, okay, well, here we are coming up on the, you know, 2022 and then 2024 and they want to get reelected so they got to like kind of tamp it down a little bit because right. it's gotten so out of control. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, they 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 want to be able to control everything. You know, they want to be able to control, you know, the food supply. So you're seeing a lot of centralization with food processing. They want to be able to control energy. Uh, that way, if a people you know gets a little bit too rebellious, you just cut off their food and power. And then yeah, they, I mean, why not? It, yeah. You know. And so to, in the same you know regard, I think. I think Biden probably does like the idea of being able to control, you know, when when the immigrants can pour in and when they can't. So sure. maybe that's it. I don't know.
1: It's very interesting. Yeah, it, It's very, very interesting. And you're right. Um, I just finished a, while I was sick, um, a deep dive into communism. And everywhere you look, it's there. Yeah. And I regret that I didn't see it more clearly, but I do now, thanks to your podcast. And I went and watched his documentaries Yeah. Um, and finished Cleon Skousin's The Naked Communist. And oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It is everywhere and they are fomenting revolution. Um, but because we're not willing to tell the truth about it, we're going to stay. Yeah. I believe where we are. Yep.
0: I think people are waking up and you know, that's the goal that we're trying to do is, is in, and just like Curtis said last week, you know, is there hope for our country? I don't know, but there's definitely hope for our state. And that's kind of what we're after at 1819 news is to be able to, you know, one of our slogans that we first started out with was fix and fortify. We want to fix our state. We want to get our state to be, you know, our state government to reflect the people. We've got incredible, hardworking, God-fearing, salt-of-the-earth people, you know, just amazing people. We want our government to reflect that, and that's what I would consider fixing our state, uh, is to get, you know, a government that reflects the people and begins to really do the things that the people want and then to fortify our borders so that we are a sovereign state in the sense where we're self-governing, we're not dependent. Um, and, and we can decide, you know, our own destiny and our own fate. And so, uh, I think there's hope for that. That's why there's a lot of people that are moving to places like Alabama is because they know that this is, uh, this is where you want to be when what, what may be about to happen goes down. That's right. Yep.
1: That's right. You know what? I would love that. Um, when people mention Florida, that Alabama is the chaser on their, on their lips, you know, come here, we've got it together. Yeah. And Plus there's, there's us. So you want to come be a part of this. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I do think, um, you know, we, we would be the ultimate outpost for freedom. We would be the ultimate bastion of conservatism if we could just get the people in in office to actually either reflect or get people in office that do reflect the values of the people. And people say, you know, I've heard this recently. They say, uh, well, you know, maybe Alabama just isn't as as conservative as everybody thinks it is. I'm like, no, it is. And let me tell you why that I know that it is. Because every four years, we just got off, we're on the tail end of it right now. Every four years, they come and they bring us their campaign ads. And their campaign ads aren't mediocre or squishy. The campaign ads, I mean, to the worst of them, you know, Gun toting Jeremy Oden, I don't know if you ever heard any of those commercials. Oh, Oh, my goodness.
1: Toten Odin.
0: Odin, right. And so it's all guns, trucks, shooting things, get the Mexicans out. And I mean, it's just like just right. crazy, like over the top, you know, maybe not, but, you know, build the wall, all this stuff. And it's like, that is what that, you know, uh, that is what the commercials are. Because they know that the people that they need to show up and vote for them have conservative beliefs where they actually do care about the border because what we're talking about, people that do love God and that do love the Constitution and do love uh, the Second Amendment and, and things like that. So they know that the people are conservative. They cater to those people through the the millions and millions and millions of dollars and ads that they're, um, you know, uh, making and creating to reach these people. And it's, it's it's who can be the most conservative in these ads because the people are conservative. So when I hear people say, oh, well, Al- maybe Alabama is just not as conservative as you think it is. It's like, well, no, if they weren't, that wouldn't be what our ads looked like. Mm. Make sense?
1: Yes. Uh, very wise point, sir.
0: Yes. Well, thank you. I, I like try. that. I try. That works. <laughs> so um, one last thing before moving on on this. Um, What? So. One of the things that, that we are, are, you know, conservatives are our own worst enemy in the sense of our messaging and our, and our ability to be able to get into the political sphere and message Trump was probably the first one that ever really, really did that. Like, if you remember some of his State of the Unions where he did just, in, it was like, it was almost like a theater, you know what I yes. mean, where he brought in stories and, Unbelievable. you know, it was just, it was so good. He was about the only one that really did that and did that well. To me, I'm thinking... You know, if if you are a uh, a conservative congressman, a conservative senator, a conservative you know state house representative, whatever, this particular instance it's a very unfortunate instance, um, but this is an instance where you can point and say this is an absolute result from the border crisis, and it's happening in Alabama at Lake Martin, no less, in Dadeville, Alabama. Mm. Um, this is going on, and it's a direct you know, a direct result of this failure and they need to hang that failure on the necks of the progressives like Biden and Pelosi and these people and say, this is what these policies bring to your backyard. But I don't know that they'll do that. They might just (laughs) book.
1: Well, that's what they'll try. Except right now, this is fresh on people's minds and the horror of what happened Is right there in the front. So if anybody's paying attention and you're going to run somebody for office, you're welcome. Uh, send your thanks to Brian Dawson for (laughs) writing your campaign commercial, because that's the truth. People died. Somebody chopped a human being up Two people at least. Um, and, and we know that it's happening so you can choose to turn a blind eye, but that won't make this go away. Dealing with it will.
0: Yep. Amen. Well, if that wasn't crazy enough, Uh, We've got another story um, that Craig, uh, who will hopefully join us here soon in a second to tell us about this, Uh, another story that is that is just as shocking and crazy, though not nearly as violent. Um, It appears, you know, um, President, 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump's residence of Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, was raided by hundreds of FBI agents. Um, Craig, are you with us? Is Craig there? That's unfortunate. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) We found him. I couldn't get to the unmute button in time. (laughs) Bad reaction time. So, Craig, bring us. um, Talk to us about what happened at Mar-a-Lago yesterday.
2: Um, Well, we still don't know all too much. Um, It's it's completely unlike the federal government to be very furtive with their intentions. Uh, but all we know is that at some point yesterday evening, FBI agents came to um, came to Mar-a-Lago. Um, evidently, they had a warrant. Um, that's what I'm hearing thus far. And they began a search of, of Donald Trump's uh, largest estate, uh, according to the president and other sources that I talked to close to the former president. Um, a, a safe was was taken. And they were you know they were taking documents. Uh, I talked to uh, again, some people that were close to, uh, to Trump. and they said they don't ex- they, they don't suspect it as being um, anything related to like January 6. They think it more has to do with something tax related in relation to his possible run in 2024. But as of the full extent of what they are, collecting what they're looking for, what they're searching for. We just don't know. Um, and the range of the agents is, you know, it's, conf- there's conflicting reports. Some say around 30, some say around 50, some say close to a hundred. So it's, there's just very limited information coming out right now. Man.
0: Well, in one of the, the, the quotes that, that, um, Craig got, he reached out to Craig Phillips, uh, the producer of 2000 mules. It was on your guys's podcast. Great. Uh, actual Alabama native, I believe. Uh, and also he's got a, a podcast called Patriot games. It's really, really good. Uh, you guys should check out, but, um, this was, this was Greg Phillips quote. He says, this is government run terrorism led by political law enforcement. They're trying to ignite a war so they can avoid getting their ass beat in November. It is an outrage. Pro freedom. Americans will never bend the knee.
2: Mm.
0: He put that well.
1: That was, it's. It's like he produces movies or something.
0: Yes. <laughs> he doesn't have a messaging problem. <laughs> he does not He's at all. He's very good at the messaging. <laughs> he is. Yes. Well, Craig, um, thank you again for um, jumping on and um, letting us know what's going on. Um. So. Yeah. No problem. Awesome. Thank you, Craig. So here we are in a situation where you have the the former president of the United States. I don't think there's ever been any type of weaponization like we've we've seen the weaponization of agencies. We've seen it growing. You look back in the lowest learner days. Are you do you know Becky Gerritsen well?
1: I don't know her well, but I know her.
0: So are you familiar with what happened with her? Very little. Okay, so she is she was the the president of the uh, Wetumpka Tea Party back in the Tea Party movement days. She started the Wetumpka Tea Party, uh, Elmore County rise from it's where I live. Um, very, you very, that right. Yeah.
1: Elmore.
0: Elmore. That's right.
1: Okay, go ahead. Carry
0: on. And uh, It is a very, very conservative area. She started uh, a conservative group. I believe uh, a C4, which you have, you have C3s, you have C4s, you have C6s, you have these different levels of nonprofit status that you can have. Uh, C4 allows for political advocacy. And a lot of the Tea Party groups were C4s. And so she applied to get her 501c4 status. At the time, uh, Barack Obama was president, and Lois Lerner, I believe, was the lady's name who was running the IRS, mm-hmm. and they had weaponized the IRS. And she applied, and again, she's probably gonna reach out to me like, "You butchered the story completely, I'm <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry." But um, We're doing our best. <laughs> We're doing our best off the top of our heads. But she applied for the, for her c4. And rather than them just issuing it because she has a right to do that as an American citizen, you know, who's filed all the paperwork and done everything, they're like, uh, we need to know who your donors are. We need transcripts from all the speeches that have been given at your events. We need to know all the people who have been in attendance. We need to know this. We need to know that. And she's like, absolutely not. No, you don't. And she actually went and spoke before Congress and let them right. have it. Mm. And it was glorious and amazing. And she she laid into them and it was it was great. And so she, um, kind of became, um, a a famous uh, person from Wattumka, Alabama, right. By standing up to her, you know, her, her government standing up to them and saying, you know, I, I, am a citizen, I'm not a vassal. And what you guys are doing is, is, is ridiculous. And so we've seen the weaponization of these agencies before. I don't think it's ever been at the level of an FBI raid of a, uh, a former president, like just on, like you know, a former president period, but, you know, uh, the president of the United States, um, and then to raid his house in that fashion, and the fact that he's very likely going to be a candidate, if not the candidate, in 2024.
1: You wish that this were the end of a cartoon, and this some angry old cartoon man's like, I'll get you, kids. Yeah. You know, if it's the last thing I do. And yet, this is real life. Yeah. This is actually happening. Yeah. And this isn't just testimony from the Senate in the late 1950s yeah. um, about communists. This is real, and this is what they're doing, and they're doing it on purpose, and they won't stop until they've essentially wiped this man out. Yeah. Um, I read a story that said that they took boxes willy-nilly. They just grabbed what they could grab. They didn't even go through anything in the House. It is. It seems like they're after a single piece of paper, and I don't know because something about— um, national documents that he's allowed to have that he gave up upon request in the past um, but they're just doing it because they can yeah and if they're doing that to him because they can and his wealth alone couldn't prevent them from just coming in then what what does that say for the rest of us it's
0: not good um and and that is you know that is the, that is what they want to be communicated. It's like, okay, if you want to stand up, if you want to, you know, it's the same thing as we just talked about with controlling the food supply and yes. controlling the energy. If you want to stand up, if you want to be brave, know that if we can do this to him, what what can we do to you? Um, we also saw a guy named Ryan Kelly, who's a gubernatorial candidate in um, in Michigan run, running against uh, the evil Lord Whitmer, who's probably the most <laughs> tyrannical person ever to exist in the entire history of the whole country in America unbelievable tyrant. Um, And he is, he is um, running uh, to be the Republican candidate. I'm not sure if he won or what happened, but either way, very conservative guy. Uh, His house was raided by the FBI. Casual, very casual, you know, and it was for a misdemeanor. So again, um, got some experience in this realm of, you know, having houses raided and getting arrested. It's very strange, very, very strange to raid a house with the FBI for a misdemeanor. That's not normal activity, right? That's very strange. And so, again, you're seeing the weaponization of a government agency to attack a political opponent. That's like KGB Russia. Yes, right? it this, is. This is not United States of America activity. And so I i, I want to point out, and I really want to drive home and um, bring this home for our listeners that, I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, I'll go on the show with, with Joey, uh, Joey Clark mm-hmm. and Montgomery, on uh, news talk, 93, one news and views, uh, on Fridays from nine to noon, I go on and we always talk about this stuff and, 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 you know how whiny kids are like, well, you treat them, you know, you know, you gave him cereal yes. and you didn't give me cereal or you got him a toy and didn't give me a toy or whatever. I, I feel like that's what we sound like, but it's like, no, really like think about what is happening one side is literally weaponizing agencies and, and destroying political opponents with the power of what is supposed to be an unbiased agency that's supposed to stand for justice and truth and the things that are good. Mm. Um, and they're doing it and they're getting away with it. Right. Right. Um, people who have not been raided by the IRS or excuse me, the IRS, well them too, uh, the FBI, uh, Hunter Biden, Hillary um, Hillary Clinton, Um, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, like you go through all, you know, all the, all, all the people that were on Epstein's list with Ghislaine Maxwell and all those people, Mm -hmm. all these people, no FBI raids, but president of the United States, FBI raid over a piece of paper, gubernatorial candidate, FBI raid over a misdemeanor.
1: Well, and didn't we hear whispers of the FBI raiding people, even under Obama? I seem to remember families in Wisconsin that were raided for, and and I think it was related to the Tea Party back then. But there's nothing new under the sun, as terrifying as this is. um, But we can also say that this is not tinfoil hat wearing anymore. This is not conspiracy theory anymore anymore. But you have to decide what you're going to do with the information, understanding that your government is not for you. They are not your friend. They're not interested in your well-being. Yeah. They're interested in punishing you if you fight back.
0: Punishing. Bizarre. And these
1: are the things that we have been warned about, and we will still warn about. Yeah. Um, and we have to talk, even as we're led away, not to continue the delightful stream of consciousness. But I just bought yeah. the Gulag uh, Gulag Archipelago uh, for my next reading. Um, Just because uh, it's so fun. I mean, (laughs) I stack my books up and I'm like, why do I keep doing this to myself? (laughs) But I think if we want to be aware and we want to understand, we know, as you have said before, we know from history that this is coming and what men and women have done before. And it looks like it's going to have to be us doing the same thing that we have learned and carrying on the flag of freedom, regardless of what happens to us. This is not a time to back down and say, "I'm sorry, I didn't really mean it. Yeah. I'm so sorry." Did you want to have cookies? This is not that time.
0: No, we we can't wait for the cavalry. We are the cavalry.
1: We are. No one's coming. No
0: one's coming we to save us. We are up going to, to have us. to do it. And there's nowhere to escape. All the other tales of communists, you know communist rising and destroying and like pestilence eating up Latin American countries, eating up European countries. And when people fled communism, they fled to the West and they fled to America. Well, when the West and America have been eaten up by the rot and pestilence of communism, there will be nowhere to flee. And so it's literally incumbent upon us. And we have the unique constitution and the the unique system that our forefathers handed us that allow us to fix this, that allow us to push back. Um, We had huge victories given to us by the Supreme Court, which again was Donald Trump um, who, right. who, who said that I was watching a, a video of a debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And it's just so funny to watch him just cause he's so, you know, animated and comical. And, uh, he was debating her and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm probably like the most pro-life person ever, you know, and he does this whole thing. Right, I'm the right. most ever, whatever it is. I'm 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 like F- the most yeah ever. And, uh, you know, just watch, you know, I, I'll, if, if I become president, I'll get two, maybe three Supreme court justices and we're going to overturn Roe versus Wade and, um, the, I mean, just, and, and, and then you flash forward, you know, five or six years and it's, it's exactly what happened. He did it. Right. And you're just like, I can't believe he did it. And, you know, there's, um, you know, Hillary Clinton is sitting there defending, you know, women's ability to be able to kill children and everything. And then Donald Trump is like, so, so you're, you're saying that it's okay if a baby comes out and as long as that the head doesn't come out, you can, I mean, just the whole, right. you know, late-term abortion and all that stuff. So. He, he definitely painted himself apart from her and then went on to do the exact same things that he said he was going to do. And what's very interesting is Trump went through a period, I believe, where he was in danger of losing a lot of his support and base. He was very pro-vaccine and his base was not very pro-vaccine. And he started pushing the, the vaccine and patting himself on the back about the vaccine um, and just doing a couple other things that it was like, you know, and, and the way that he interacted in a lot of his, uh, endorsements around the country and the like Dr. Oz and, you know, yeah. just the way he, he started getting into state level, you know, state politics and, and, you know, it was just, it was, it was, it was becoming frustrating. And, 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 and if the, if the Democrats would have just left it alone, it's almost as though he would have imploded, but, and, you know, but, but well, and maybe not because then, you know, Roe gets overturned. Uh, you get the second amendment win that we got out of the case that happened in New York. Um, they beat back uh, the EPA. Mm-hmm. Right. So these just amazing monumental Supreme court cases that come down because right. of that. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, you know what? He might frustrate me, but wow. Right. And then you remember, wow, every single thing he said he was going to do, he did. Right. I think he botched how he handled COVID, but you know that like, other than that, it was in, in recent memory, it was pretty, pretty darn good. Uh, the things that he did. And so, you're like, whoa. And then now they raid his house. And so I'm I'm way off on a tangent we didn't plan on talking about. So bear with me. Um, but so Justice Kavanaugh, okay. I was about as excited for Justice Kavanaugh as I was for Jeb Bush. Okay. Which was not, I was not.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Kavanaugh was not an exciting candidate and they did call, they called him the low energy Jeb Bush vote, right? That was, that was the No conservative was excited about Brett Kavanaugh, but then they attacked Brett Kavanaugh the same way they attacked Roy Moore, the same way they attacked Clarence Thomas and accused him of things he didn't do. Um, They attacked him. They tried a character assassination on him. And then what happened is the entire country came in to his side because they saw what was going, at least all the conservatives in the country saw what was happening. And all of a sudden they loved Kavanaugh and they were behind Kavanaugh and they didn't want to see this injustice. And this super lame, mediocre, Squishy guy that was not conservative at all. Now all of a sudden has all these conservatives cheering him on because what they did to him was unjust. And I promise you, that is what just happened when they when they played this card with the FBI and Donald Trump. All the people that were starting to get like, well, you know, we don't need Trump. Maybe we need DeSantis. We don't, you know, all that that was starting to happen when they went and raided his house as the FBI. It's done. Everyone's going to be, you know, give me okay. Trump right, and and so uh they they just shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly
1: it's kind of delightful to watch yeah. if it weren't so painful if it weren't yeah but it did uh support for whoever it was going to be evaporated yeah um and and that you're right it's Let them shoot themselves in the foot, like Rush used to say. Just let them do it to themselves. They'll do it every time. I think what also is interesting, as you were talking, I remember thinking, you know, not only did Trump do exactly what he said he was going to do and backing up, he did. He laid it out for himself during the primaries. But also, he told us what was happening to him along the way, and that turned out to be true. Yeah. So pay attention to what he is saying, everyone, about this FBI raid and the weaponization of a federal agency. It'll be very interesting to hear his take. Not only is it unjust, um, but he's been right.
0: Yeah.
1: Even if you loathe <clears throat> the sight of him, he's been right and he's got the track record.
0: And, and you may be able to speak more intelligently about this than me. I, again, I'm, I'm off the top of my head. I need to just keep bringing Craig on to tell me everything because he's smart and he's a reporter. But didn't they basically find through email and other means that, that the whole Russia collusion thing was completely made up by Hillary Clinton and yes. the Hillary Clinton camp? Yes. And nothing happened to her. Like, literally nothing happened.
1: <laughs> She's out walking around probably getting ice cream with Joe Biden yeah. today.
0: <laughs> I just saw the picture in my head. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Well, Hillary, we're doing a real good job, aren't we? I mean, that basically, yes. yes.
0: And then I'm also reminded of the long embrace by Joe Biden of Hillary Clinton at the airport that time. Awkward. So Awkward. So, um, let's see. I just got this message. Um, Yes, the Internal Revenue Service did buy nearly $700,000 in ammunition in early 2022. So, this will be for our next story that we're going to be going into. And so, not only um, was the president's house raided by what could potentially be, you know, uh, almost militarily, you know, with... You know 30 50 100 whatever fbi agents to look for a piece of paper um there was a bill that was passed and and do you know if it was senate and house have now passed or the house passed it and then the senate passed it do you know where it is in the process i do not sir okay so i know for sure it got through either the house or the senate i, I feel like it got through the senate and they're waiting on the house i feel like that's where we are right now um but in this bill, it was basically the Inflation Reduction Act or something like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's never what they say it is. It's it, that you know they put in the title of the bill, you know, whatever pain Americans are feeling. The title of it is the solution to that pain, and then it's just a bunch of self-serving pork throughout. And some of the self-serving pork throughout was um, was essentially uh, they want to add eighty seven thousand IRS agents. Um, with this. When this passes, there'll be 87,000 more IRS agents. And I don't know how that's going to help with inflation. Um, But, you know, so here we are, the FBI is raiding the former president's house to look for a piece of paper. The FBI is raiding um, the house of a a Republican gubernatorial candidate. Um, We know that the IRS has in the past has, you know, weaponized by, you know, choosing to audit certain people based off of their political persuasions. And now they're going to have 87,000 more agents to do that. And apparently 87,000 more agents that got $700,000 in ammunition. Like if the IRS wasn't terrible enough, now they're armed and with all kinds of ammo IRS. I'm just like,
1: Like I I, I don't even know where you go with that. Like, how do you get from, I'm going to sign up as an IRS agent. Uh, I'm going to attend apparently some kind of, um, you know, session for 87,000 people to be, um, what do you call that when you go? Chris wondered how you get 87,000 people in a room uh, to give them the lay of the land about what their job is going to be, uh, what they're going to be doing. But more than that, ammunition. Yeah like actual ammunition. And then where are the people who say, you know, that's, I don't think that's what I signed up for.
0: And, and something that I think the, the, the people of Alabama is who I'm speaking to, but just the people period, as we discuss, you know, the people, this is Mm -hmm. our Republic right? um, that we're going to have to wake up to is the idea of the government with guns is not necessarily good. You know, we have law enforcement and we love law enforcement and we want law enforcement to be able to do their jobs, to be able to, protect you know the safety of their neighborhoods and their communities and protect themselves so that they can get home to their wives and children and their families and to be able to do their job but now all of a sudden we're seeing like you know um the department of transportation the irs and like these all these government agencies are like arming themselves and it's like very weird very strange like what what do they need guns for like they're telling they're telling us we can't have guns and that we don't need these guns and that it's ridiculous that we have those guns. And then they give like the department of transportation machine guns. And you're like,
1: I don't know about you, but that sent us uh, just the idea that this could happen. sent us to the gun shop a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you guys and I don't want to be one of those people, uh, but you'll have to take it. Yeah. Um, And, and so is it, it, are they telling us that they know we will not be giving up our guns and so they know they're in for a fight? Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. If that's the case.
0: Well, and, and Joe Biden also said that, you know, well, what kind of resistance are they going to have? We've got, you know, we have tanks and planes and F-15s or whatever he said and nuclear bombs. And so, <laughs> it's a nice Sleepy thing for a president Joe. to say.
1: Oh, because the orange man was so mean. Yeah. We had to get Sleepy Joe. Really? I mean, th- this is, y'all need to watch Agenda and Agenda 2 you need to watch uh, the Curtis Bowers podcast from last week, and then you need to decide what you're going to do as a family because IRS agents are not supposed to have weapons and they're not supposed to have this much ammunition. We know that. So then the question becomes, what are you going to do about it?
0: Yeah, and there shouldn't be 87,000 more IRS agents uh, to to be carrying out all that ammunition and and whatever else they're doing. At least
1: they found people to work.
0: Yeah, and so... Um and again it goes into what are they thinking leading into November mm. by raiding the president's house and then hiring 87,000 IRS agents like again and what? so I was talking um to a mentor of mine on the way up here one of my former bosses and he said you know no one no one wants you know progressives to be in office but he said every time they get power they just show everyone how ridiculous and stupid they are and then everyone wakes up to the fact that wow they're ridiculous and stupid and then and then it's like we get amnesia you know but uh, anyway I, i mean this is just you know it's it's crazy and and as as you just really think about um the things that we've just covered here um you know illegal immigrants being flowed in by the cover of night into alabama and then right here in alabama you know, an illegal immigrant whether he was connected to that, I don't I don't know that there's a direct connection there, but you know, there's definitely a policy connection in the sense of, you know, ushering in illegal immigrants and then now we have illegal immigrants that are chopping up people and kidnapping children and, and you know, this whole situation um and then the uh, FBI raiding the former president's house and then them looking like they're going to pass legislation that's going to add 87,000 IRS agents I I mean, I'm at a loss of words, really, um, which is amazing for me. I usually don't have that problem. (laughs) You don't. So, I don't know, guys. Um, There's a lot of other stuff that's going on, uh, you know, as we're doing an Alabama News Roundup. um, You know, I don't know. We we may just be able to end on that note, I feel like, because that's –
1: I mean, do we even, it's pretty overwhelming. It, it is overwhelming. And I, I, you know, I often, I'm thinking of the Bonhoeffer book and I'm thinking of that quote that, you know, I didn't speak up and then they came for me and there was nobody to speak for me. Yeah. It's just kind of running on the tape of my mind right now, right now. Um, That's we good. have decisions to make, um, in order to keep our Republic and to keep our state and to rise to the moment of truth. We, we have some figuring to do and some decisions to make Yeah, because never in in my lifetime, you know, you hear your parents talking about what happened in the past and you read and you watch, but never did you think that this would be our reality.
0: Yeah. And it, and it's coming in such a weird way because we've watched, you know, movies of like Braveheart and people are fighting on horses yes. with swords. And then you see, you know, Vietnam and World War II and, and now like the warfare is changing. It's not what it was. It, it is very much an information war now. But it, you know, that doesn't mean that it can't turn kinetics, you know. Again, we're 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 living in interesting times. The Chinese proverb says, may you live in interesting times. We've got that in spades. Um, something that 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 Amy Beth just alluded to on our website, and maybe I've said this in the podcast before, I can't remember. It says front and center, rise to the moment of truth. And the story behind rise to the moment of the truth is this. And it's the fact that, you know, we look back throughout history and we should look at back through history and we should celebrate heroes and we should tell the stories of those heroes to our children and we should read the stories of those heroes ourselves so that we can be influenced by their courage and heroism. And the thing that we will find as we study the story of these heroes is that these were average, ordinary people who were born at a critical, pivotal moment and God put a moment before them that they rose to. They rose to their moment of truth. And so my call to the people of Alabama with rise to the moment of truth at the top, uh, front and center of the website is that we are coming into crazy times. This is going to be a time that is written about in history. Um, you know, for, for, for another thousand years. Um, if the people, you know, if we lose, there will be no writing about it, but I believe that we, we will persevere. We will prevail. And this, these are moments that will be written about, uh, for thousands of years. Um, of what we're going through at this very moment. And so it's up to us to be the ordinary people, you know, and, and I always tell the story of the beaches of Normandy. You think about um, those Higgins boats and and, you know, them floating into the beaches of Normandy and the bullets bouncing off of those boats. And then they say to drop the tailgates. And as that tailgate drops, bullets are ripping through the boat, ripping the people apart that are in the boat. And they had to just put one foot in front of the other And storm the beaches. And there was enough average, ordinary people who, in that circumstances, put one foot in front of the other and storm those beaches um, to where they changed the course of human history forever. Mm -hmm. And so, what we need to do is no matter what happens um, to us, no matter if we lose our jobs, if we lose whatever, we need to stand up for what's right and we need to put one foot in front of the other. And I'll end with this this is a story that um, a good friend of mine, um, he's a pastor in North Carolina named Scott Brown, and his, um, his dad was a guy named Bill Brown. And uh, his dad uh, was a um, pilot in Iwo Jima, and he flew, I believe it was a P-51 Mustang, flew into Iwo Jima. <clears throat> his plane was ripped apart by anti-aircraft artillery, ripped his plane to shreds, and he crashed into the Pacific Ocean in Iwo Jima in enemy waters. And by the grace of God, he ended up being rescued by Americans. And I believe he the story goes that he went back got another plane and, and then got back after it or continued on after they went past Iwo Jima onto whatever else was done. He continued in the Pacific theater. Didn't, didn't blink an eye after being shot down out of the sky into the ocean and enemy territory. And so when I went to Scott's house, uh, his dad, his who's now passed, but he was 92 years old. And it's just one of those moments that I know that God gave me because of what he's asked me to do now. um, I got to Scott's house, I was at his house for like four days. And like the first three days, Bill Brown, his, who was his dad who's 92 year old World War II veteran is driving around on one of the, like little motorized wheelchairs and he'll, he's just looking at me and he doesn't really say anything and he'll drive by and he'll just look at me and he'll drive by and look at me. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. And so I was, <laughs> I was in his dad's living room the way that the house is set up. He had his own area and he's got a model of one of the P 51 Mustangs hanging from the ceiling um and I was staring at it and he kind of snuck up beside me rolled up beside me uh and he looked at me and he and he got my attention and said Brian and I looked down at him and I said yes sir He said Brian there was a time when we stood up for what was right even if they shot bullets at us And he said there's coming a time in your life Brian when you're gonna have to stand up for what's right even if they shoot bullets at us or shoot bullets at you and it gives me chills telling the story right now um that those are the, the 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 giants whose shoulders we're standing on they're the ones who did these things and it is not going to be less painful for us than it was for them to be able to secure and keep the freedom that they've given us through their sacrifice so with that we'll wrap up until next time guys put your trust in god and keep your powder dry